I have no idea how to welcome you back to <laughs> what is now the conclusion interview for this GM showcase. I can only assume that there is a gigantic smile on your face, tears in your eyes from how over the top that that game was. Um, uh, yes, and and the, the the horrible horrible things that you did to me as the GM. Yes, absolutely. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we, <laughs> there were not rails where we were anymore. Like you could not see them where we ended up. We went to a dimension where trains had not been made. That was where yeah. that that we were by the end of that game. Yes. So, in these interviews, we will be taking a look back at the games that we just played in. And we're going to take a deeper look into the game systems and the homebrew worlds that we had the opportunity to enjoy, as well as talking about some uh, post-game thoughts and having some time for some GM advice. And, like I said, I'm back with <laughs> GM, Jim McClure, and we are, r- no doubt, reeling with you uh, <laughs> from, like I said, what is probably the most ridiculous thing I've ever had the pleasure of being involved in. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it, it's, uh, the, the terrible RPG sort of, sort of always ends in the, these ridiculous over the tops. And, uh, I, I think you all may have taken the cake on it. There is one time I played that ended with them summoning Cthulhu, uh, except they never mm-hmm. had the unsummon Cthulhu skill. Uh, so it was just them continually summoning Cthulhu to try and keep it away from them, which of course, with the nature of this game can't happen forever. And, and it got dark from there. Yes. Uh, exactly. but but I, I think I think you all with the uh, with the water dragons, yeah, yeah, riding off into the sunset on dragons, <laughs> water dragons. Oh, so good. So of course I just want to thank you for running that game. I like I said, it was just a wonderful opportunity with some great guests alongside, and I, you know, it, it genuinely felt like we were just all really in it together the whole time. It just. And I think that's the nature of this game. Like you get to bring to the table your special flavor of whatever crazy thing you're trying to make and bring to the table. And like people get to experience that with you in a lot of ways, you know, because I don't know. I wrote down shark pool. I don't know how in the <laughs> world I'm going to use that, but. Oh, and you used it. I did. And, <laughs> and everyone got to experience that, uh, that awesome, if you will, with me because I didn't know how that would be used and i think that's a really big draw to this game because if you have you know and if we want to go and look at a very standard character sheet you have not only these are your skills you can go to page flip 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 and it'll say these are the common things that you can do with your skills the terrible rpg has none of that (laughs) the whole thing's on a normal sheet of paper and it is wonderful this is a great thing about this we don't have any like structured questions, so I just get to ask the stuff that I want to know, and hopefully that's interesting to everyone <laughs> else listening to this. Can you give like a little bit of the backstory about kind of the process that created the terrible RPG? You know, in- inception to here it is on a single sheet of paper <laughs> yeah um because you, you you hit some of the interesting points on it the, the genesis of this game actually uh it's the the first full like published game i ever made that's a one-page rpg but you know it's out in the world hey, i i yeah. will call that published this was the first one that i'd ever done and it actually came from there is a design contest at the time of this recording literally just wrapped up called the 200 word rpg design contest uh it's third year just wrapped up this year 
Uh, but this game was actually made for the very first year of that contest. And I heard about it and went, that's awesome. And I wrote up this and then I was like, all right, how do I submit? And I was like, oh, submissions closed five days ago. Oh. Well, darn. So I went ahead and beefed it up a little bit. If you look at the page now and count, it is more than 200 words. But I uh, I beefed it up and, and turned it into what, what we have now, the terrible RPG. And it's, uh, I, I, I think I said it in the intro that there is... The name, I hate puns. Oh, I, I hate puns. And I got to give credit to uh, my friend Chuck Stat, who is credited uh, on, on the page. He is the one who actually named this game because I had some awful, awful, I think I called it Ripper or something like that. Terrible, mm. terrible name, right? Uh, and then as I was describing it, he goes, ha, huh, so it's the terrible RPG. And I groaned so loud because I knew he was right. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, it has to be that. Oh, it can't. No. no, I do not want a pun, but there it is. Yeah, so that that is the the genesis of the game. And kind of as as you all listen, you probably got a, a feel for what you know what was going on. Essentially, you write six skills however you want on a piece of paper, and you have to rip that piece of paper, removing a complete piece of paper, you know, to to use the skills. But there's actually some really, in my opinion, uh, interesting game design in there. Some really interesting interesting concepts. Uh, One being you just hit it of, uh, you you notice the the game doesn't really per se describe how skills are used. It just says Mm -hmm. if you do a successful tear, it succeeds. And, and that is that is the nature of how this this game system produces comedy because it produces the comedy of absurdity which is you <laughs> yes. have you have given yourself a toolbox of six magic hammers the six skills that you have written on it that will solve any problem so when you are presented with a problem you have to choose which of your magic hammers to pick up and beat the problem over the head with it and just try and justify a reason why it works so you can push someone down the stairs and and then suddenly that pool of shark skills reveals itself gloriously oh, in when yes. to properly use it. Well, I mean, and I know I had asked it early on in the recording if my skill could help someone else. And you know, your immediate answer was, yes, of course it can. And that immediately changed what I thought about the game or what I thought I could do. Because for the pool of sharks, you know, I didn't do it technically. Technically. Well, I mean, I did. I did the tear, but it I just let it be a happenstance in the world. You know, they fell and hit the right combination of stairs and then they fell into the pool of sharks. And not even not only that, but in character, I look to Sean Merwin playing Sydney and I say, Great job, how did you do that? (laughs) Yes. And just it just allowed for that collaborative nature of we're just all, you know, and I think going back to like I had said, we're just all in this crazy moment together and let's just keep going. Like there's, there's no stopping us now with whatever we need to tear, let's tear it and let's make it happen. Exactly. And, and that's, that's part of the, the magic of a, um, I'm, I'm going to call it a, a hundred percent success system, which is, when, when the game starts, and you heard it in this game too, uh, you know, everyone's like a little bit timid. they like, okay, I have my pristine piece of paper that I'm about to make non-pristine, and I don't really, I, I don't, I'm not comfortable yet within this system. I go, I tear and I do a thing. Okay, I'm a little unsure of myself in my footing. And then as soon as you do your first one or two, you're like, oh, oh, these are magic. I just get to do whatever I want and it works, period. Let's go insane. And oh boy, howdy, did you all go insane? You all literally took over the island, which yeah. <laughs> was, was insane was a word for that. Um, oh, yeah. Yes. No joke right there. 
and 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 that is exactly what the system is there to do and it, it promotes that because it, it's telling you okay you have a essentially you have a stupid absurd joke you want to make you want to have someone trip and fall into a pool of sharks you make a tear and your absurd joke happens and you are rewarded for it. You're rewarded for it with laughter. You're rewarded for it in, 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 in game uh, happenings. And it, it, it's then perpetually snowballs as the group gets more and more comfortable with that concept. But as with any game, there has to be a consequence for it. So with this game, the consequence is the very visual representation of your piece of paper getting smaller and smaller and smaller and your skills dwindling down and down and down. Uh, and that is what gives you the, the consequence which still gives those tears a little bit of tension to what's going on with them while still knowing you're going to have your absurd fun no matter what. Oh, it's so good. I also like that I didn't I didn't get to keep my catchphrase, really. My catchphrase that I wanted was, is it, <laughs> it's time for truth or death? And then it really just ended up being, no, throughout the game. It's okay. It's, it, I accepted that that was my, my alternative catchphrase so we've done a lot about talking about the terrible rpg the other question that i would have is and i know you've talked about it a little and it's just so much fun to talk about more but even in this game we had crazy things but i know there have been other games where crazy things have happened and just some anecdotal stories from those i think would be a great listen so if you have any other i know you had mentioned um Jewish mother guilt and some other ones like that. <laughs> okay, yeah. So that that was that was a a, a wonderful little moment. So it, it was actually running this same scenario, the uh, the the martial arts action flick, and and there was this. Oh my goodness! It was it was the opening scene. They're in the courtyard. They they've just met the other fighters, and and the the, the bad guy goes fight, you know, as he does. Uh, and all of a sudden, you know, Kugo, our our Goku analogy, uh, Kugo jumps in the air. He does his Kamehameha wave. Uh, he's getting ready to do it. I'm like, all right, you know. It's coming down. Do you all have any way to stop it? And and uh, another friend of mine, Trish, uh, blew me away with it. All of a sudden, she goes, "I use Jewish woman guilt." And there was that much silence followed by laughter as she makes the tear and then just spends five minutes berating Goku for everything he's done wrong and how he has not pleased his mother and uh, that he needs to go back to school and finish his degree as he is slowly deflating oh, and, his, so good. and his hair is going back to black and his shoulders are sinking down and he is just totally defeated a Kamehameha wave with Jewish woman guilt and it was the I mean, I love that moment so much. So that was a uh, that was a fantastic moment. Uh, and then, oh, I wish I could remember the specifics. Uh, another another really fun scenario that I run with this game at conventions is I will do a, a male model secret agent. So so Zoolander the game, okay, uh, where you all play a group. Of, I should say male models, models in general. Uh, you you all play a group of stupid models who are actually secret agents who are warring with other secret agent supermodels, and and it lets you. It let you be Zoolander and do you know absurd stuff and at one point the first time I did it it was going okay uh, until we, we got to the middle and, and then everyone started sort of clicking with the game and they decided to stop to get their various coffees slash espressos slash whatever and, and it was just this increasing level of absurdity of the stuff that they wanted in their drinks you know they wanted uh, one request was for, for mammoth blood uh, and this poor as, this poor as sap you do. 
<laughs> as you do, is trying to, because they actually had a skill, I can't even remember what it was now, to make them get all of this stuff. So this poor this poor barista was running around doing everything they desperately could to fulfill these orders. And it was, ah, it was phenomenal. So there's there's been a couple a couple really good moments. And uh, of course, this game had them too. The, 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 the couple that stick out, man, the, the Go game where you all literally took over the Empire was absurd. And then, uh, we, of course, we've said it over and over, the, 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 the pool of sharks was amazing. Thank you, Sean Merwin, for suggesting <laughs> that we should try and take over the whole island yes. by just playing a game of Go. And I also love that, you know, and it's the same thing. Oh, and it's like, well, it's not going to be easy. And I think, and, you know, and so this would be a question for that scenario where we're so far off the rails. I think you had it in your mind that as long as every person could effectively contribute and make a tear, that that would kind of be the success condition for that scenario. Essentially, all four of us are going to need to do something and do it well, or no, this isn't going to work. And of course... We did so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and th- and that's that's part of the magic of the game. If if I were to do a terrible RPG second edition, perhaps I would add a little bit of a little bit of GM advice stuff in there. I guess some stuff that I just do with the game naturally, and that is while while a tear always succeeds, the GM gets to decide the degree of that success. As in, you know, okay, I'm going to go punch this person so I use my my flying hatchet kick punch attack because why not so I, I make that tear and it happens I as the GM get to decide whether that knocks the person's head off it just knocks them back where they take it on the chin and nothing happens and kind of how I structure it is most challenges that you face are a one tear success like one person does a tear bam it's succeeded and done and then the increasingly difficult people take more and more tears. I try and encourage people to do them, you know, work together to use them. So that that's something I do for more of the, the GM side than the game mechanic side. Then I would probably add a little bit more if I wanted to, to add some more to the game. But then it would also be over a page. I think that loses some of its charm. Mm, true. <laughs> Smaller font. Here we go. <laughs> that four-point font, man. Everyone Ooh. loves it. Oh, Well, I mean... If you do double side, maybe it'll be okay. I don't know. <laughs> I like it. Oh, it was just, it's just so much fun. I do have a, one final question. Sure. There's an element of the game that obviously our digital version doesn't facilitate well, but I do wonder if it has happened at a table that you have run, because I know this is a game you frequently run at conventions. Has someone crumpled up what's left and thrown it at you? Yes, there, there is a mechanic of the game that obviously di- didn't get used in this particular game called the last pitch effort which is you can take whatever you want of your, your character sheet you can crumble it up and you can toss it at the GM if you strike him you succeed at whatever you're trying to do and then you're, you're knocked out from there which was just an excuse because I've always really wanted to toss things at my GM you know <laughs> you just you get to that point and I'm like oh, you know yeah. if, we, if we're destroying our character sheet anyway we might as well let him pelt it yes I had one game where, where, where they beat the evil low hand by all four players crumpled up their sheets simultaneously and pelted me with them oh, uh so good. yeah yeah and needless to say he was he was defeated and done from there after after he had he had defeated them uh, a couple times throughout the game so it was it was a wonderful cathartic moment from them a few paper cuts for me but you know hey that's what happens that's what happens the price you pay awesome so I'll let you plug yourself. So the uh, yes, uh, of course. My, my name is Jim McClure. I uh, I do a lot of different things. I, I run a run a podcast called Talking Tabletop, where I interview notable people within the world of tabletop. And of course, uh, actually, you good sir have been on the show. 
I have many yes. moons ago. Many, many moons even ago. more moons than uh, when we recorded this game originally. <laughs> yes, but that was as a phenomenal episode. So anyone who wants to go take a look at it can uh, can go on over to the One Shot Podcast Network and listen to Talking Tabletop. I I want to plug you in your plug. Definitely check it out because I think one of my favorite comments was this is essentially talking about me. This is someone that essentially their comment was. I have known this person for a long time, and I've learned more about them in the span of this interview than I think I have in the entire friendship that we've had. <laughs> um, so that speaks, of course, to you and how awesome that talking tabletop is. I will, I will appreciate that uh, that that feedback. But yes, the, the nature of the show is it is a candid discussion with a notable person from the world of tabletop, and we t- we typically get uh, get pretty deep in it. So uh, I I enjoy doing the show. Uh, so yeah, of course you can check out Talking Tabletop. A couple other things I do, of course, I do a lot of game design these days. A lot, a lot of game design these days. If you like the terrible RPG, it is one hundred percent free, and you can go yeah. on over. Even either to my website, which is thirdact.pub, which is my company, Third Act Publishing. That's T-H-I-R-D, A-C-T dot P-U-B. I should know how to spell that, right? It should be simple. Uh, thirdact.pub is our website where you can go and download it, or if you are a fan of the DriveThruRPG, it is up there on DriveThruRPG for free as well. Additionally, you can see some of my other games that I have up there. Uh, I Reflections was the first game I did a Kickstarter, which is a game of dueling samurai, where two samurai meet to, to have a, a fateful duel to the death, and the game sort of plays out where you meet for that initial duel, and then you flash back in time and live through the, the events of, of these two two friends that have turned bitter rivals between before one of you kills the other. Uh, and that's uh, that's reflections. And I might have to have to tempt Neil to maybe maybe get in a game of that at some point. Yes. And it will happen in Bash Clawfoot and Lo- Lohan <laughs> may meet once again. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we, we may we may have to do that, good sir. But yeah, you, you can check out that, uh, which is there as well. And uh, of course, I just wrapped up uh, my second Kickstarter for a game called Satanic Panic, which is mm-hmm. a game that, that takes a, a fictional 1980s where everything they said during the Satanic Panic era was true, that Tabletop is actually turning people into monsters and summoning demons, and you play government agents that go around and break up rings of tabletop players that game literally just finished kickstarter uh you can actually jump in on that kickstarter as a late back if you want by going to thirdact.pub and doing one of the pre-orders if you're interested in that game as well so those are the couple things i do if you like to interact with me of course i'm on twitter at gm jim mcclure is the best place to interact with me uh and i'm always happy to talk to people i mean and if you want to leave him more jim mcclure you could check him out on evil campaign on the one shot campaign you could check him out on other games on one shot and if you wanted to hear more about satanic panic you could go listen to talking tabletop where there is a 20 episode game that is run and it is uh it's so much fun so <laughs> it was so much fun to listen to legit legitimately disappointed that there wasn't more I was. <laughs> well, so. it, it, it was always set to be a hey, we're going to give you a whole story beginning to end and be done with it, and that's that. Nope, and I and I appreciate that, and I can always have that desire for more. With there you go, the amount that I have. <laughs> so, the last bit that we have here is: is there any words of advice to other GMs that you would want to put out onto the airwaves? And I I know you'll probably frame it a little bit with the interesting and kind of unique scenario that is playing something like the terrible RPG. 
<laughs> uh, yes, we'll, we'll, we will. I do have some advice to give, and I will frame this within the terrible RPG. For for some people that have heard me on wonderful shows like the DMs Block, you've actually heard me talk about some stuff before. And traditionally, Jim is kind of known for, I guess, running more heavy story focused games, and this is much more of a light, haha, improv, uh, over the top action game. So my my advice when running this game, there, there's a couple things to look out for. One is always be saying yes. Yes has a lot of power to it. Y- y- yes has a lot of, uh, I-, I referenced it earlier, when, when people don't know their, their grounding yet within a system or within a game or within a group of people that they're playing, what they're looking for is validation that what they're doing is they're doing it right. So like in the terrible RPG, when someone makes their first tear and they do whatever it is that their skill, you will hear me go, yes, that's awesome. I'm what I call cheerleading the players. I am encouraging them that yes, the thing you are doing you are getting social feedback right now that says do that more because that is entertaining for everyone. And that's awesome. what I call cheerleading the players. Uh, and with any game like this, uh, I highly, highly encourage you to do that of, yes, that's awesome. That's hilarious. Do it. Uh, and that encourages and, and gets the, the right atmosphere and the right energy for for a game like this. Specifically the terrible RPG, there's a couple things to, to be aware of. One being that there is a really interesting challenge with designing your game around the fact that the players will always succeed. You can't put a wall, you can't put a locked door, you can't put a number of guards, you cannot stop the players. And you have to know that within your game design. Whatever they want to do, they're going to do. And you have to be okay with that. So what you do is you're literally setting up how many challenges are you going to have to get through. If you want to get up to the main dining room with low hand, you've got uh, a wall, you've got guards, you've got to explore a place, you have to get past his, uh, his bodyguard, and then you have to get up to him. All of these are challenges that are going to deplete the resources, but I know my players are going going to succeed at each one. So the way I make something difficult is not go, this wall is super impenetrable. Instead, I make everything have to happen in a number of steps. You have to follow these different steps. And and one of the other really fun things to do uh, that, that tends to work out well, and I honest to goodness don't remember how it happened in this game, but simple challenges are hilarious in games like this. One of the things that's run into constantly is the first time they find like the underground place with the tunnels, there's no lights on. And everyone goes like, I have all of these crazy skills. I have nothing that will make light occur in any situation. And they literally sit there dumbfounded. Oh, yes, we pole vaulted over a 40 foot wall in complete invisibility because we had those skills. Uh, we got, we got, we don't have a flashlight. We got nothing here. Uh, what are we going to do? So varying the, the types of challenges that people face is always, uh, is always real good and real amusing. And then the, the last, I guess, piece of information I want to give on it is, or piece of advice I want to give, uh, for GM joining this type of games is understand that when you are playing a comedy game, uh, this is going to, going to peel back the curtain a little ways. Uh Oh yeah, yeah, yeah you as the GM sometimes have to be the person playing the straight man. And and what that means in comedy is within a comedy of absurdity, there's everyone doing absurd things. It only really works if there's someone that is grounded 
in sort of reality that goes like, that's insane. Why is that happening? And that actually is kind of what makes the joke happen. In a game like this, where all the players around the table are getting to be totally absurd, you will often hear me go like, what are you all doing? And just reacting to the absurdity that you're doing because I'm the one playing the straight in, in that situation. And and Noah's a GM, if, if you have a good comedy game going, it might be your place to do that. Uh, so that's, that's I guess, some of, the, some of the basic advice I would give people for running these types of games and specific to the terrible RPG. That's so good. Especially that front piece about being the cheerleader for yes. people that are in your games. I mean, that, uh, for me personally, I feel like that is a very broad, it is very necessary for the terrible RPG, but it is advice that you could use in any game, especially if you have new players. Yes, yes. That that, that validation is very important. So, Awesome. I just want to thank you again, Jim, for coming on and doing this game, doing this interview, and throwing the gauntlet, if you will, on some reflections, which we will definitely have to do, and we will post for our Patreon dragons. You guys who are on our Patreon account will get to experience whatever insanity and absurdity that uh, Jim and I can come up with with reflections between Lohan and Bash Clawfoot. And I just want to give a special thanks to everyone that's gone over to iTunes and given us a five-star review. If you want to get a hold of us here at the GM Showcase, you can do so at thegmshowcase at gmail.com. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at gm underscore showcase. And definitely check out the other shows on our network, the Block Party Podcast Network. And you can do so by heading over to blockpartypodcastnetwork.com or searching for the Block Party Podcast Network on iTunes. And if you feel so inclined, you can head over to patreon.com slash network and help give us a little bit more support. But above all that, I just want to thank you, Blockheads, for giving us some of your time and listening to the GM Showcase. <laughs>